My name is Terry Messenger and I work with high achievers that have an innate sense that they are called to impact the world. Hey, 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 and welcome, welcome to Terry Messenger's Genius Zone. And I have got a really exciting night tonight or day wherever you are in the world because we're going to be touching on a topic that in some people's homes it is taboo. Some people don't like talking about this topic some people feel ashamed about this topic. Some people are embarrassed about this topic. But, you know, this is actually a topic that makes the world go around. It's not about birth or having children, um, although that is most definitely number one. But this is about financial freedom and your money. So I'm about to bring on a beautiful lady. She is a financial planner. She actually became elected as one in a hundred top financial planners in her industry and her name is Misty and I am about to bring her on now. Hello, hello Misty, how Thank are you. you? I'm good, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. You are absolutely welcome and you will be more than welcomed by many, many viewers and listeners because this is obviously going to go to my podcast. Great. And we're discussing this topic on money. Now, money's a bit like sex, you know. Some people mm -hmm. don't like talking about it. Would you agree with that? I, absolutely. A lot of people don't like talking about it or they've grown up always thinking it was rude or impolite to talk about it but it's something that we use every single day. <laughs> so yeah. it is really important to become more comfortable talking about it because it really does impact a lot of the other things in life that we want. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So tell us about, you know, what made you come into the industry of becoming a financial planner? Sure. So it, I don't think a lot of people end up in finance like that's their childhood dream. But I, for me, um, my parents were self-employed and, um, you know, things were very good for about 10 years or so. And then the economy took a toll on my father's business and we really struggled financially. And it really got me thinking about money all the time. It was something that in my family was kind of just like always a part of the discussion or always something, you know, that we had to think about, you know, if there would be enough money, how much will this cost? If we do this, we can't do this. And so it was just this ever present thing. And um, I really wanted to, I didn't know what I wanted to do for a living, but I knew I wanted to not feel this way all the time. I didn't want to always be thinking about if there was going to be enough. And so um, I did kind of you know, go to college, got a job, and I wanted to be a financial advisor right away. And at first, it was a little bit of a difficult career for a young woman in her 20s in America. Like, there's just not a lot of women in this space. And so um, I actually did go into a corporate role for about 12 years, still in the industry. And then eventually, you know, recently, um, about two years ago, decided that I did want to work with clients my own way and went back into um, that side where I'd actually have my own clients and kind of determine my own fate as it came to um, helping people invest their money and, you know, really plan out their financial lives. 
That is amazing. So what came first, the chicken or the egg? Let me just explain this question to you. Mm -hmm. So what I'm hearing is that you've come from a background where there was that struggle with money. And, you know, that is very typical because I actually find that most people, when they become very mission orientated, it's usually because of a pain that they suffered in their life. So that lack in what you described that happened in your family, you know, caused you to say, well, draw a line in the sand and I don't want to be broke. Mm -hmm. I want to have money. And, you know, sometimes people can't get ahead, right? This is something that I'm really finding in the space, in the coaching space. A lot of people can't get ahead because they don't have enough money. Mm -hmm. And yet sometimes you've got to do things and you've got to take risks in order to create money. What came first for you? Did you have to take a risk before you kind of entered into that, you know, financial world of, of more financial freedom? Yeah, I think that, you know, I, I'd love to say that I was a risk taker of like right off the bat. But the thing that was interesting with my upbringing is that um, my father was an entrepreneur and I saw the amount of freedom that that provided him, the amount of flexibility. He never, he was always there when we needed him. It never really took him away from us. And so I kind of have like a, a lot of love and respect for entrepreneurs where I feel like I almost took the safe route by not just pushing through in my early 20s, dealing with, you know, all the no's and the rejection and, you know, the people not wanting to necessarily invest money with somebody who didn't come from it or didn't have a lot of people to go, you know, bring on his clients right away. And so I felt like I almost took a safe route by going into the corporate world and getting a job and, you know, working hard for a company for a long time. And so that shocks people because most people are like, well, wouldn't that be like the definition of success? Working hard, making six figures, having, you know, Bon like bonuses and benefits and things like that. But I actually saw that as something that I I um I wanted to, you know, eventually. And, and I was about 40 when I decided to actually quit the safe corporate job and start working, you know, with a smaller firm, making my own hours and trying to find my own clients. So, you know, I think that there was that drive that was kind of inside of me to do this and to find yeah. people and help them my way. But there's a lot of times where your brain is going to tell you, like, no, that's not safe. <laughs> that's scary. Do what's safe. You don't want to end up, you know, struggling. You don't want to see this again. And so um, I think that there was always that internal struggle between the, the flexibility, the freedom, the ability to be creative and, and do what you want to do in the world and, you know, taking the smart, safe route. <laughs> Yes, and I, I like that, taking the smart, safe route and yet being able to say yes to yourself, you know. Mm -hmm. Like obviously you needed to, I guess, invest to find, you know, out what you knew. And mm -hmm. I know it was at the points in my life when I couldn't afford to move forward that I needed to actually invest in yeah. moving forward. Mm -hmm. So obviously as a financial planner, you do tell people to take a, a safe route. Is that what you're saying? 
No, I think what I ask, what I try to get people to do, because I talk to a lot of people, especially after last year, where maybe they realized that corporate America wasn't suiting them or they needed flexibility or they lost someone or they wanted more from their life. And they had this sense after a pandemic of is now like, when am I going to do this if I'm not going to do it now? And so what I do is I'll talk to people because it can be very um, it's almost sometimes balancing out what you want to do and then trying to back into how we're going to get it done. Sometimes that does require investments in ourselves, in our education, in our training, all of these things that we may need to do before we just say like, I'm out of here. I'm going to, you know, take a risk. And, and I do like to kind of balance out. Okay. When's the right time to do this? Let's look at how much we have invested. How much do you have saved? What do we need to do to make sure that we can do this where it doesn't completely, you know, fall apart. And so it's really bringing that mindfulness into the work that they want to do. I am 100% their biggest cheerleader when they want to um, invest in themselves, invest in their brain and learn something new or pick up something that may cost money, but will make their life better. And so it's sometimes just balancing out those emotions that might make you want to act right now versus, you know, long term, where, where do you really want to go? Yes, I hear you. I do hear you. And I know for myself personally, in those moments when I've taken a big quantum leap, mm -hmm. I've made sure that I was 100%, you know, all in. Yep. And I'm a great believer because one of the things that, you know, I'm doing right now is launching coaches, launching business people. But do you know what comes before the launch? Like when we talk about the chicken or the egg, mm -hmm. and that is their mastery acquisition. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when they have a mastery, and I quite often find that the best coaches quite often, like I was saying to you in the beginning, are often the ones that have suffered because mm -hmm. they've got the experience. They become an authority. They, they really know what that's like to be in that position. So, you know, we ensure they've got that education, that mastery, that acquisition. And even if it is, you know, around becoming a master asker, you know, having the right questions. You would know this mm -hmm. as well, being a coach. And, you know, really looking and projecting at what you want for your future and then asking yourself the question, what do I need to do in order to get there? Yeah. And, yeah, and, and strategy, strategy, mm -hmm. mastery, um, dedication. I mean, these are just a few of the things that, you know, are there, but it's not always for everyone. And I, and I feel that, you know, if a person like one of the things people are suffering from at the moment, especially in the online coaching space, is not having enough clients, yep. right? Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I actually am training the people in my world to do is to become a person who is not desperate to make the sale but someone who is more interested in finding the right people to work with and giving this beautiful, juicy deliverable that is going to be, you know, not for the short term but for the long term and also 
ensuring that the client is absolutely 100% sure, you know, qualifying one another. It's not just a one-way street. Mm. It's not about pushing a sale or trying to make something happen, but it's about being able to really assess the situation and, you know, people know these days. So what I'd like to do is ask you a question now. Um, I know our viewers are going to really want some great tips mm -hmm. on financial planning, on um, money codes, on, you know, their finances because, mm -hmm. you know, even though there's a lot of reservations and a lot of, you know, limitations around this topic, the fact is we all need it, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, we do. And some people think it's a sin to have money but in a way, it's a sin not to as well because who can you give any money to? And in actual fact, you've got so much more chance of giving when you are abundant. Mm -hmm. So it, it's actually a blessing. So I'm going to hand you the stage. And what I would like is your three top secrets for our viewers to actually become financially independent. Okay, so there's a few things that are really important when you are thinking about, you know, wanting to be financially independent. And I think what, you know, what Terry said was true, that a lot of people have had some negative thoughts about money, about wanting money, having money, or maybe they feel like they grew up hating rich people or disliking, you know, the people who had more than them. And I think that that one thing to think about is that you having more does not take away from anyone else. And so if you if you do have those thoughts and you're feeling like, OK, well, is it greedy? Is it going to make this? You know, it, having more money does not change a person. It amplifies that person. So if you're normally very generous and kind and giving, you will have the ability to be more generous, more, more giving. You'll be able to help more people. Take a look at somebody like Oprah Winfrey or somebody who, you know, really probably had to, you know, go through so much to get where she is, but it actually has led her to be able to do a lot, have a lot more impact than if she had said, you know what, money's not for me, money is bad, I'm going to avoid it. Because I don't know many people that have had that mindset that money is bad and actually acquired a lot of it. Usually when they do get it, they start to get rid of it as fast as possible. And that might not be for things that ultimately serve them. Um, so that's one thing that's very important. Um, the second thing is that you need to have some patience. And so um, what I mentioned before with my growing up, like I learned about the stock market, I think in the sixth grade, I did, um, I did an experiment or something where we had to pick a stock. And I remember thinking that this was just the key to everything was investing. And so it was a very short term project, but it really opened my eyes to actually using money to invest in other companies that were doing things that would then make those shareholders more money. So the concept itself was very interesting. A lot of people own real estate or have the things that they enjoy. Um, but I think the one thing that's important is being patient because things like investments take time. And so our brain is always looking for the quickest impact, the shortcut, the pleasure right now. And something like investing for the long term is not is the complete opposite of that. It takes a lot of time. There's going to be ups and downs. Those should be expected. But if you realize that overall, if you look at, you know, 
what do people who are wealthy do? Most times we'll think, well, they invest their money. They have money invested somewhere else that's not just sitting in their, in their bank account, in their checking account or under their mattress. We know this, but it's very hard for ourselves to picture ourselves actually gaining wealth if we haven't necessarily come from it or had it. So if you want to improve your financial situation, don't expect it to happen overnight. And this will happen in the, in the US with, with lottery winners who do get money overnight they tend to become broke again very quickly because their mindset isn't there. They haven't decided that they're a person who invests money, who is patient, who is very mindful with the decisions they make with their money. They're the same person they were before it was all handed to them. And so usually it goes out just as quickly as it came in. So you have to start thinking about the long term. And this is something that humans can do. Animals cannot do this. They do not have that part of their brain that's planning for five years down the road, 10 years down the road but we do. And so it's very important to realize that there's going to be that part of your brain that wants things right now. And then there's going to be the part that can actually plan ahead. And I do this with clients all the time. We look at calculators. We look at things where I say, okay, if you just keep doing what you're doing right now in 20 years, in 30 years, you'll have, you know, seven figures or, you know, more here. And, you know, that's, that's something that can provide some comfort knowing that if you're doing what you're doing right now, if it seems small and insignificant over time, it can have a huge impact on your life. And so I think that's one of the skills that we have as a human is to be able to recognize that we have the ability to plan. We have the ability to think ahead. And then also one of the things that I think is very important, especially for people who want to become coaches or business owners who maybe have an idea about a business and they really feel strongly about it, but one thing that's going to happen is that your brain is going to start to look for evidence that you can do it. And whenever you do something new, that evidence isn't there yet. And so your brain is going to come up with all sorts of reasons why you shouldn't do this, why it doesn't make sense. And so I think it's just important to slow down and to understand that, you know, some of the biggest innovations and inventions and things that have happened over time existed in the brain first they weren't something, you know, there wasn't like an iPhone, there wasn't, you know, it existed in someone's mind first. And so you have to be very comfortable with getting uncomfortable, not having everyone believe in you, not having everyone think that what you're doing makes sense or is right. I had plenty of people who before I left my corporate job were like, why would you do this? You've actually, you're doing well. You don't, you don't dislike your job, you don't hate it. But in my mind, I saw something bigger that I believed could be real if I decided to pursue things. Now I did it when I had, I knew what I was going to do for money. I knew how long I could go, you know, with a certain amount of money in the bank and how long of a, a ramp I had. And it took me a long time to do this, which goes back to the patients. However, I had to believe that it could be possible. And I had to quiet those things in my brain that were saying, this is a bad idea. This is unsafe. This is risky and be able to move forward. So I think those are three things, you know, you want to think about, you know, what you want to do, define it, recognize your brain is always going to try to keep you safe and keep you small. And then also to realize that you're going to be looking for proof of something that hasn't happened yet. So you may have to take yourself out of that and become that business owner who has all the, has a hundred clients and think about what decision would he or she make if a client was wanted to negotiate the fees down or they gave her a hard time or they didn't feel like a good fit. That person who's a fully booked coach would treat that 
person a lot differently than someone who's scared and graspy and looking for money because they just know they need it. So I think it's really important to have that belief in yourself. So those are just a few of my tips that I think can be helpful and maybe help somebody who's looking to start investing in themselves or investing their money. That was absolutely incredible. And no wonder you were listed amongst, you know, one of the 100. And, you know, I loved the points that you made. And it is true. Money does not take away from you. In fact, it amplifies you. It can amplify anything that you're doing and make you a better person. I love that. Also, I, I love what you referred to as you know, being patient because it is true if you don't build a rock-solid foundation and plan and have that visualisation, it could fall through your fingers. If it comes in quick, you may not know what to do with it. And when you are really prepared, you know, and, and you're not also looking at it emotionally like, I remember doing a Dr. John D. Martini. I don't know whether you've heard of Dr. John mm -hmm. D. Martini, but um, he does the breakthrough experience. And he talks about the stock market just as you did. Mm -hmm. And he says you cannot emotionalise because it's almost like the game of life and how to play it. So you've almost got to remove yourself and be able to, if you are going to take the risk and put money down on the stock market, it's really no different to real estate. Not got a you know massive real estate background, you know you you don't go in and buy on a high market and then sell on a low market and expect to make a profit, mm -hmm. you know because times come and go and they change, yeah. you know when you are doing this and you are putting your money on those elements, you've got to look at it really for the long haul, isn't it, And as a plan. So, you know, I, I so, so love that. And I called it slowing down to speed up. Mm -hmm. And I talk about this a lot in my flagship program, that so many people, they're just running and running and running desperately to try and, make money, make success, make whatever happens. But when you stop and you look and you listen, and even like I said, when people are investing in something like our flagship program, I talk to them about ensuring they are 100% really passionate mm -hmm. because you know, when you've got a passion, when you've got a vision and when you have a mission, you deserve to be financially abundant. Absolutely. You yeah, deserve to be bringing in the abundance codes and doing whatever it takes. So I just love that. Now, have you got a specific program that you are running or, you know, somewhere where people can find you, Misty? Yeah, and I, th I love what you said about that, about when people invest in your program, because you're right. I think there's a lot of people that buy a course or sign up for something thinking that's going to be the quick fix. That's going to be the key to getting all the clients. This is just the tiny thing that's missing. And it's always it's always the work that they have to do to put into it. And it's the same with me. So, you know, I do manage people's investments. Like you mentioned, sometimes it is very difficult to keep the emotions out of it. 
Some people will pick a stock and they'll see it rise and then they'll think, oh my gosh, I should sell it. I should sell it. I should sell it. And it's very hard for your brain to watch a stock price go up and feel like you're not, you're, you know, you need to sell it or you could watch something go down and you want to stop the pain. So you're like, okay, I'm going to sell it at the bottom. And so it can be really hard if you are just using emotion to like trigger your decisions. So that's where I have a strategy that we use at our firm that takes the emotion out of it. We're looking at financials. We're looking at, you know, earnings estimates and things like that from companies to make those decisions when it's the right time. We take emotion out of it hundred percent. So we do that for clients. I also do financial plans for people where I will talk to all the decision makers at the table, spouses, partners, anybody, you know, who is kind of in charge of what's going to go on financially. And we'll talk about, I'll ask so many questions about what they really want from their lives. I usually don't ask, okay, how much money do you want in the bank when you die? Most of the time it's like, what do you want to do? What would you, you know, if you were abducted by aliens tomorrow, what would be the biggest regret that your spouse would have that they didn't accomplish? And so sometimes they'll be like, oh, they wanted to write that book or go back to school or do this or start a business. And so it's really fun to get people to actually think about things that they don't want to think about as they are busy putting out fires, getting things done, going through their lives. And then all of a sudden, like, I never did the stuff I wanted. So I slow them down at that point. And then we can really accelerate some of the things that they want to do, like you do with your coaches is what I do with my clients is really kind of make them think what, yes. okay, what's really important. And then if it doesn't align with the way they're spending right now, we make adjustments. And usually that'll lead to them feeling a lot better. And then um, for my investing and my um, planning clients, I started a year like a coaching program where each month we talk about a different topic. This month we're talking about time management because a lot of people don't get a lot of things done and they feel like if they had more time, they would, but they really are probably just using their time in an inefficient way or they're not really focused on the stuff they want to get done and they're just doing whatever comes up that day. So we're talking about time management. We talked about boundaries. We'll talk about relationships next month, which seem a little bit different to talk about with money, but most right. of the things we do to spend our money are part of our relationships with other people, with our job, with our spouse, with our children, with our parents. Right. And so kind of want to attack that mindset angle to help the people really stick to what they're doing because it's hard work. And so that's what we're doing now um, in, in coaching. And so it's been really really fun to, to talk to people and to be there for them as they kind of are going through some of the harder parts of, of their day-to-day -day lives. I love that. That is just so incredibly true. Um, you've got to become that person. You've got to build yourself from the ground up. And it's all about the way you think, the way you feel, the habits that you implement into your life and the planning and the strategy that goes with it. And planning and strategy is such a huge thing. Mm. You know, I, I remember always being told that knowledge is power and then somehow realising that knowledge is not always power. Mm. The, the catch is they leave out a little bit of the gold there. It's really the organised applied knowledge yes. that is power. Right. And you've got to literally organise what your knowledge is, which is what, you know, obviously mm -hmm. you're doing and what I'm doing, and then apply it. Right. So that then turns into that element of that, that great power. And 
You deserve, it is your birthright to totally be rich, to totally have everything that you want in your life so that you can have it for you, but you can have it for others. Mm -hmm. So do you have a website, Misty, that you'd like to share here? Yeah, I do. If you go to mistylynch.com, it's just my name, very easy to find. Um, you can see, you know, I the podcast that I do, some blogs, also information about investment management, planning, and coaching. So you can find that all over there. That is so fantastic. Thank you so much. And this couldn't have come at a better time because, you know, speaking of which, we've just opened up our flagship program, literally stacked it full. When I say stacked it full, we haven't got 100 people in there. Um, We've got exactly the right amount of people, which is a handful, plus one, and we are all on this beautiful, exciting, strategic journey to not only take a transformation that they've got in their own life that they'll be applying, but actually launching their legacy and creating something that's so impactful for the world. So I'm so grateful for what you have brought to the table tonight. And please stay on the line, Misty. I'd love to speak to you backstage in just a moment. Do you have any last points that you'd like to say? Like imagine it is the last thing you can tell a client, you know, about their financial wisdom, what they need. Is there one more thing that you can implement, expound on before we before guess- we let you go? Maybe for the people that are in your group that's about to launch, for you, I think it is so important to find the people that are doing the same things you are or speaking your language or understand you because a lot of times they're not going to be your immediate family. They're not going to be the people closest to you that are going to be really excited to see you change and grow and try to you know tap into this abundance and this mastery. So finding the people that you can connect with and it's never been easier. I'm in Massachusetts right now speaking with you and we can find people who actually do because that's really important is to have those you know people around you that you feel like you can talk to or connect with when things get difficult or challenging or feel a little bit like they're too much. And there's going to be a lot of people that you know that might say, maybe quit, give it up. This is this is too hard for you because they want to protect you. So the fact that they found you and that you found the group, I think that can be financially the best investments is to have that community built around you so you can really, really shine. I love that. It's like they say, you are the sum of the five people you hang around Mm -hmm. and, you know, the best of the best of them will try to pull you down like the crab in the crab pot and pull you back to where they are Mm -hmm. to keep you safe. But you need to have that vision and go into the direction of your dreams. Thank you so much, Missy. Stay backstage and let's say bye to our viewers. Wasn't that incredible? So I am so looking forward to hitting the ground running in our next segment, which is in my flagship program tomorrow night as we are really unleashing the pillars of your zone of genius so that you can launch your legacy and you can have the greatest life possible. So I want to thank you for being here and holding space. I see you all as you're tuning in. And I'd also like to encourage you, 
if you are wanting to help the world, if you're wanting to do a collaboration, um, collaborations are for those who are brave and confident enough not to feel competitive against anybody else but to actually know and own their own life and know that you have a gift, a gift that nobody else has and that's what we bring out in you. So I encourage you to collaborate. Collaborate with other people knowing that there's never going to be any competition because there is only one you. So if you feel you've got a zone of genius and you'd like to come on this show and interview and collaborate with myself, I would love to hear from you. Perhaps my VA can drop down the Calendarly link here in the comments. Or if you want to discover your zone of genius and you really want to know how to tap into it or to launch your legacy, you can book that call. So I want to send much love, much prosperity, and thank you guys for holding space and subscribe because this is going to go to my podcast. So make sure you subscribe, Terry Messenger's Genius Zone, and you'll get all of the recordings. And I will see you soon. Bye for Contact me through my booking link and break through to your ultimate success.